Glory to God, even people from Virginia Beach. Good to see you guys. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Can you, uh, if you have your Bible, you can lift it up. If not, you can just say this. Say, this is my Bible. I believe it is God Almighty in written form. And today, it will enter my heart, my mind, my emotions, and my body, conforming me to the image of Jesus, to the glory of the Father. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. You can turn with me to Daniel 3 as I turn off my cell phone. That's the great thing about live stream, right? Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Daniel chapter 3. Uh, I've had this message in my spirit for a couple months, and uh, this felt led to share it now. Uh, it is a strong message. It really is a strong message. Uh, Kathy and I were just talking about just one part of it. I got about 12 things in here just to really so we can take inventory on just where we're at in the Lord and let him grace us. Now, again, it's in the context of love. It's in the context of uh, grace. Because in the natural, someone tells you to do something, the first thing you're going to do is not do it. Amen. Isn't that the truth? Seriously. Your soul rebels. Every time I tell my soul I'm going to fast for three days or seven days, I get sick. Because my soul is saying, my body's saying, no, you're not. Amen? But it's a good thing when you follow through. So this is going to be a good deal. It's going to be a really good deal, but it's going to be a little a different type of a sermon. Daniel chapter 3. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to your name. In Daniel chapter 3, we're not going to go over all of this. I want to mostly bring out one principle in this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, again, people were jealous of their relationship to the king because he was giving them preeminence in regards to positionally. So they came up with a scheme to try to bring them down. The enemy will always try to come up with a scheme to bring all of us down. And uh, you know, they said, you know, if you worship this image, you'll be fine. If you don't worship the image, you know what? You're going to be thrown in the fire and die. Wow. I tell you, the world wants you to conform to their image. The Bible says in Romans 12, do not be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed, amen, by the renewing of your mind. Glory to Jesus. So what happens is this, man, they knew this was going to happen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't bow. So the king is giving them one more chance. Daniel 3.15. Now, if you be ready that at the time you hear the sound of all the music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made, everything's going to be okay. Mm. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? I love what they said. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we don't have to think about our answer. Because we've already decided aforehand. Before the trial. There's a lot of things, that I, you know, only the Holy Spirit can reveal something to you, but, and, and to me as well. But one thing we need to understand. If you have to make a decision while you're in the trial, most likely you're going to lose. You have to make the decision 
before you enter into the trial. You build your house during building weather, not when the rain's coming down and lightning. I mean, sometimes you can by God's grace. But the bottom line is a predetermined decision. Someone says, oh, it's going to be led by the Holy Ghost. And I'll say, now here's the deal. The Holy Ghost is put on the armor of God. The Holy Ghost says, you know what? Know beforehand what you're going to do. Amen. Ready yourself when you enter into trial. Amen. Boy, it gets, it's already getting quiet when praise is bad. It's going to be Lord Jesus. Amen. All right. So that's what they said. We don't have to think about our decision. Mm, Jesus. And then, and they said this. If it be so, our God whom we serve is going to deliver us. And he will deliver us. But even if he didn't, we would still not bow. We would die for his name. Mm, Jesus. A predetermined decision. And man, it's one of the most awesome accounts in the Bible. Jesus was in the fire with them. Amen? That's why we need to be careful not to judge people that are in the fire. You know, sometimes it might be because someone did something wrong, but most times because they did something right. I tell you, Jesus is in us in the fire. Amen, when we're going through something. And I tell you, they came out unscathed and blessed. Amen? Glory to God. All right? So predetermined decision. So I'm going to be sharing uh, for a couple reasons. One, there's a lot of things going on in this church as there are in many churches. There's something going on because I believe it's in response to the biblical principle when the enemy comes in like a flood, God, when the enemy comes in, God like a flood will raise up a standard. God's not mocked. What's going on in government, what's going on in your neighborhood, what's going on all around us. God's not mocked. And I believe where people are in humility and in consecration and faith by the grace of God, there's a lot of good things going on. You know, last Saturday, you know, it was the best healing service we've ever had. I think I had like 14 different testimonies of genuine healing. I went out to breakfast with a pastor that following Monday, and he showed me a video of someone testifying in his church in pain for I think 15 years, not walking. And in a moment's time, Jesus touched this woman. Glory to God. I think we have 14 testimonies left. Glory to God. Amen. Well, that's the grace of God. Amen. That's the grace of God. But see, when things are going well, that's when God wants them to get better. The Bible says in the time of rain, ask for rain. Nothing means two things. When it's supposed to rain, you ask for it. But also when it's raining, ask for more. God works by momentum. The devil works by momentum. You ever hear it in a bad way when it rains and pours? Man, one thing will go wrong, and then you know what? The devil's right there to get something else to go wrong. Before you know it, something else is going wrong. The, the momentum's the principle of God. But when it's raining and things are going well, ask for more rain. Glory to God. Just don't ask for rain when it's going bad. Ask for rain, more rain when it's going good. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Amen. So, th so, but when things are going well, it really concerns the devil. Someone had a vision. They were, really, they were just in a church, and I don't condemn churches, judge, you know, but they were in a church that just wasn't a good church. 
And, this, and, and I had a vision, and the devil was in the, in the church too. He was in the back pew, and he was sleeping. Because he already had those people. Mm, spirit of lukewarmness, etc. But when something was going on and the anointing started to move, the devil's running all around trying to use weaknesses of people, trying to get people offended, trying to do this, trying to come against them with diversions, etc. So we have to be ready. Jesus said, the devil has nothing in me. So this is to help us because the Bible says in John 15, those that produce fruit, he will purge. Now I've shared this many times, but I tell you, you know, why don't you purge the people who aren't producing fruit? Right? But he will purge those who are producing fruit. One, I think he has our attention. And second, that's how it works. He wants us to produce more fruit. Amen? So God comes to us to bring us into deeper le levels through assuring things. One, with some things we need to see change in. But not in a bad way. It's a good thing. Lord. And, and lastly, I tell you, we're not in the last days. I tell you what, we're in no days. I mean, evil's becoming good. Good's becoming evil. I just did a CD series. I didn't even give it to the public yet. I don't know what to do. It says it's judgment on America. And this is not a game. You know, you backslid before 10 years ago. It was bad. It's always bad. You backslid now. I tell you, it's a different deal. There's a gravitation from demonic spirits that's greater than ever before. You read Ephesians 2.1. According to the prince of the power of the air. This is not a game. I tell people all the time, good 10 years ago might have been good enough, but it's not good today. I tell you what, the enemy's increasing, but so is God. Amen? So this is in that context too. So I'll be honest with you. And I share this all the time. 2 Timothy 4.2 says, preach the gospel in season that. Reprove, that means prove again. Rebuke and exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. We come to church first to get edified, then to get comforted, but they also to enter into being exhorted. If you go to church and you're never exhorted, I'm going to tell you something, you're going to be wanting. Some of the ways I've grown most for people that I'm under spiritually that said, you know what, man, you're doing okay, but you need to, you need to clean this up. You need, this needs to be tweaked some. And at first it's always a little, it's like, ah, but then you know what? It's so good. And I'm so glad they shared that with me. My big thing is, if someone shares with me in the wrong spirit, it, it does tick me off some. You know what I'm saying? Share in love and in humility. You know what I'm saying? I have the privilege of God, well known in the gospel, one of my spiritual fathers. And, you know, there's something wasn't 100%. He was into some fear, thinking he was going to die early because one of his best friends did. And I said, Lord, man, he's way above me. And God said, God gave me Proverbs 9, inform a wise man and he will be wiser. Amen. And, you know, so people come to me in humility, and I'm good with it. But, man, when they come in the wrong spirit, it's, it's a little different. Amen. All right. All right. Amen. This is for mature people. All right. How many want to be mature? Amen. I do. Glory to God. All right. So let's go over some things. I got, I got a man, a baker's dozen, man. Things that God is to help us. All right. Here's a, here's a deal. God knows I believe in counseling. I tell you, because people need, man, they've been hurt so bad that they need to know why they do what they do, and sometimes they don't even know what happened to them. But sometimes it's not about counseling, it's about making a decision. Amen. I was a guy coming to my office about a month ago, knows the word as well as I do. 
leader in his church. And he said, man, I need you to help me. I said, okay. I said, what's the deal? He said, I, I, as he said, I did this, this, and this. I said, you know what? He said, I need counseling. I said, no, you don't need counseling. You need to stop being stupid. Mm, boy, it's boy, quieter in here than ever before. And I did tell him that. I said, you don't need counseling. You need to make a decision. Because you got more light than I do. He said, well, I gave him a certain series. And I said, you know, look, check it out and come back. He come back. He said, yeah. He said, you're probably right. I said, I'm not probably right. God's, I said, this is me speaking. It doesn't matter. It's, what's God speaking to you? He said, yeah, I've just been stupid. Amen. Glory to God. All right. Amen. Now, when I got one finger pointing you, no, I got four coming back at me. For real. So this is to me as well as anybody. All right. So the first thing to do, glory to God, is make a decision to walk through Christ in you and not in the flesh. When you got to, you're at a crossroads and you got to make a decision, have made up your mind, I'm going to walk through Christ in me and not through my flesh. I'm not going to use the excuse of Romans 7, the things I want to do, I can't do, things I don't want to do, I end up doing. That is a man that's unsaved. I want to walk in Romans 8 according to Christ in me. Amen. We can go down a hundred examples. I'll just give you a few. Amen. Glory to God. Bible says that I've got the measure of faith that Jesus has. I've got a measure of that faith. It's more than enough to overcome in our situation. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. Isn't that good news for you, for your spouse, for your kids, and for everyone? Amen. It's no longer I who live. Amen. That's good news for everybody. I've been crucified with Christ. No longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not just faith in the Son of God, but by the faith of the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself up for me. Christianity isn't trying to emulate Jesus. Christianity, as God knowing, you can't do nothing and neither can I, so he's just going to jump in us through the Holy Ghost and live through us. It's not about emulation. It's about submitting ourselves to him so he can be who he is in us, through us, and for us. That's what differentiates us from every religion on the earth. Every religion from Buddhism and their sevenfold deal trying to be like the Messiah to every Islam or whatever it is, they're trying to get to this mark to be compared to Jesus. I'm here to tell you something. You ain't going to come and I'm not going to come within a zillion miles of Jesus except Jesus in me lives through me. So I'm going to make a decision. Am I going to bow to the truth of Christ in me or am I going to bow to my soul, my mind, my emotions, my willpower, my personality? No, that's all about my. Amen. Glory to God. I wasn't going to say this, but I'll say it. God spoke this to me and I know it's strong. Some of you might get offended or not understand it. But God told me, he said, my people so often Know their adultery is wrong in marriage, but they commit adultery with their soul. They go away from me to get a buzz. They go away from me to feel sorry for themselves and let their soul dominate them so they can feel better about themselves, make excuses, enter into this, 
And where am I? That's pretty strong. I get it. All right. So here's the deal. I had someone come to me, a strong Christian, Austin. They said, you know what? I said, you know, they're in for counseling. They, they need to be there. I said, what's going on? They said, man, I'm just struggling. I'm not even sure if God exists. And I just threw down my Bible. I said, really? You've been a Christian? You've seen miracles? And you're telling me you don't know if God exists? And she said, okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I said, come on. Come on. No, you're going to make a decision. You'll never say that. Can you imagine going out to dinner with your wife or your husband and not talking to them the whole time and them saying, what's wrong? You say, I'm just struggling with whether you exist or not. I tell my wife, I get, get five-fold ministry, you know what I'm saying? I'll tell you what, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, we do what Jesus, oh God, you, do you really exist? He's like, really? So we got to make a decision not to enter into unbelief. Wow. We have to make a decision to enter into the love walk through the love of Jesus. Jesus is in us. We need to walk in purity. Whether I don't care it's pornography, I don't care what it, we need to walk in purity in our thoughts and actions. Amen. Amen. Christ in me. Jesus never struggled with pornography. If he's in me, living through me, I'm not going to. Now, I get it. Someone's been abused, etc. There can be a struggle there. And counseling's good for that. But I'm here to tell you something. It's a decision. I've been, God says, I've been in pornography for 18 years. I just can't get out of it. God understands. I just can't get out of it. And I told him, I said, you know what? If someone gave you $3 million right now, I mean, just put the money in front of you. For the next year, you not to touch pornography? I bet you could. And I'm not having not one of them say, you know, you're probably right. It's not a matter I can't. It's a matter of motivation. Come on. We need to make a decision that Jesus is worth it. Now, from this point to the whole thing, the number one thing that I think God wants to get across to us is that when you lose, you gain. When you lose soul life, you gain his life. Amen. Jesus. And we'll look at the scripture in, in Mark 8, 32 to 38. See, if you think you're going to lose, you're not going to sow to. If you think, well, it's not going to work for me to be healed. It's not going to work for me. Or I'm so afraid of losing this. My integrity, my reputation. Here's one for you. I'll tell you, I, I, I spent some time on this for weeks, okay? <laughs> mm, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I, I just wrote this down, you know what I'm saying? What you do on the outside is your reputation with men. What you do on the inside when no one's there is your reputation with God. Amen. We should have both. But some people only have the outside. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah, God. Jesus, walk in the spirit. I had a guy, good friend right now. I'm a very close friend. And uh, years ago, I called him up. We, had a, we wrote a book, and I don't know. I was trying to, I wanted to speak at his church. I, I read Christmas, one of the largest, fastest growing churches on the East Coast. And I just called him. I was surprised I got a hold of him. And uh, 
He's younger from me, younger than me, and I, I, good guy. I said, "Wow, man, that's awesome." I, I'm surprised to get a hold of you. As I got a phone number, yeah, so we're talking, and then we talked again. He just opened up to me, and he said, "You know what?" He said, "You're not going to believe this." He said, "I, I trust I, it's in confidence." I said, "Absolutely," but now he testifies to this, so I can testify. He said, "Yeah, I got one of the fastest growing churches on the East Coast." He said, "You know what? After the service." It's done like 1 o'clock. My wife and three kids, they leave. And my high school buddies, about five of us, we go down to church basement and get high. I said, wow, that's not almost high, okay? <laughs> All right? That's not the way to do it. And I said, wow. I said, that's not, he said, that's not a good deal. I said, yeah. And uh, he said, we must smoke weed, do this. And I said, All right. So he's, I said, there's got to be a reason, man. He said, here's the deal. This guy had a good heart. How can you do that if you have a good heart? Well, let me share it with you. He was frustrated. Some of the elders in the church put him down because he saw a PG movie rather than G. Lord Jesus. Somebody else put his wife down because he took over a church of 50, brought it to 500 in one year. And I mean, they had like $3 million or something gave him for his nice church. But they put his wife down because she didn't go to this mission meeting on Wednesday. And she's missions oriented, but she had three little kids. So he put her down. That, that God is gold. Amen. And then somebody, one of his girls, I, I think she was like in eight years old and they didn't like an outfit she wore. So he's struggling with that. You know what I'm saying? And then two of his high school buddies, man, they were hurt by, in the church. I mean, someone, an authority hurt them physically. I mean, it was, it was just a bad deal. So he feels sorry for them. So he's having struggled with the church. Perceiving the church, right? There's always going to be things. You know what happened? You know what I'm saying? The family in church. I mean, you just got to get over it, right? But the bottom line is, uh, and then he felt sorry for these couple high school kids. They just started, you know. He said, here's where I am. And then he said, man, I, I, it's going on for like six months. Well, he did counseling. He got over it. What I'm saying is you can have a good heart and struggle with some things. Amen? Man, his heart's pure and he's an awesome guy. He's walking big time with God now. And uh, so we got over it. But what I want to see, tell you, amen, he had to make some type of decision. He said, can you counsel me over the phone? I said, man, you're six hours away. I'll do it over the phone. But he had to make a decision to get us some help. And now he's free. But what if he didn't make a decision? What if he got angrier at the church? Amen? What if he got angrier? Man, you know what? And what they did to his two friends. Somebody in the church. I don't even know if it was a Christian church. All right. Amen. I'm trying to get gut level. All right. Man, we're only on number two right now, and I got 13. All right. Some of them are really, some of them are no-brainers. Number two, don't go to the bar. <laughs> okay. Someone says, maybe don't go to the bar. If you're going, why go somewhere where demons are congregating? Amen. I grew up basically in a bar. My mom was sick. My dad worked 3 to 11. My grandpa attended bar. That's how where I went for lunch. It wasn't even that bad of a bar. You know what I'm saying? I, I told somebody, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God a few questions. You know, first of all, you know, why did this happen? This happened. Second, why does the worst bars in Pittsburgh have the best Italian sausage sandwiches? You know, you know what I'm saying? A, that's my question. You know what I'm saying? I still, I still sneak down there, you know, because it, it's Billy Kay's bar. And there, it's not a bad deal. And I know some people down there I, I just, I had actually, I have a cousin. I said, go in and give me one of those hot sausage sandwiches. Mild sausage. Amen. But the bottom line, I know the deal. 
Don't go to the bar. Well, pastor, you're being legalistic. I want a witness in the bar. Really? Wait till they come out. All right? Amen. All right. Don't shut me down when I'm teaching good. All right. Number three. Look, a decision to walk in the light that you're given. We're all guilty of this. Man, I've done this several times. God gives me a really strong revelation, and somehow I let it get away from me. I don't focus on it. I get busy. I get tired. When God gives you a revelation, walk in the light of it. I don't put down churches. but It's one thing when you don't have light. It's another thing when you do have light and don't walk in the light of it. Get in the church of lock light. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. When God gives you a revelation, you're accountable to walk in the light of it. Amen. Glory to Jesus. That's not God trying to harm you. It's God trying to help you. Amen. He gave you light. Walk in the light of it. Amen. Amen. Glory to Jesus. All right. Boy, it gets quieter and quieter. All right. Let's try number four. All right. Decision to walk in forgiveness. Mm. Forgiveness is a decision. It takes grace. We're not going to do it ourselves again. We're back to crossing you. It's a decision. Well, that person doesn't deserve it like you do. Hmm. Forgiving somebody doesn't mean you have to enter in. If they've hurt you or somebody's done harm to you, sexual abuse or something, doesn't mean you get into a relationship with them, back, but it means you can forgive. Forgiveness will free you up. Come on. Come on. Amen? It's not you succumbing to the person that hurt you. And you still should, you know, pray for them, okay? You, it's a decision. Amen. Number five, be led by the Holy Ghost. Easier said than done sometimes. I'll give some examples. No years ago, my dad went to be with the Lord. And I had the privilege to lead him to Jesus. He had a little house in East Pittsburgh in Verona, <clears throat> worth about $35,000. And uh, we didn't have health insurance. We didn't have much back then. You know, and uh, I'll tell you what. I said, well, you know what? I'll rent this out. Pay for health insurance, build up a little equity, have health insurance, and maybe a few dollars left over. You know, little house, not worth that much, but in a good section of time. And God spoke to me. He said, I-, I want you to give this house to your cousin. It will help their marriage and them. And I said, I rebuked you, devil, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Do you ever do that? Oh, yeah. So this went on and on. I think it was because of the sentimental thing. And because we need the money. Four kids, no insurance, whole deal. And, uh, man, I just fought with God for weeks. Wrestled, and guess what? It's not good to wrestle with God. You get pinned real quick, right? Yeah. It's not good. And I just fought and fought, tried to rationalize, make excuses, on and on. And finally, I gave a fleece. And I never do fleeces. I said, so here, I'll be honest with you. I set Kathy up. I, I, I said, we really need health insurance. I'm so glad we got this house to give it to her. And then I made a fleece. And I said, uh, if my wife just says right away, this is a good thing, I'll do it. So I started to set her up to say no. Seriously, for real. I'm going to be honest with you. 
So I called her up. I said, honey, I don't know what this deal is, but I think that God may be saying, but I, I need your agreement. Amen. I'm saying they're not wanting your agreement for real. Now I said, man, this house, we can do this with it. And I said, I think God might. She said, oh yeah, we need to sell it right away. Oh, did that get me mad? Oh man. You know, when Kathy and I, and we are in a good, great relationship, I just call her Kath when everything's good. When I don't like what's going on, I call her Kathleen Mary. And after she says, hey, Kathleen Mary, I'm not sure about this. Like she tells our kids, doesn't she? But she would yell at our kids. She would use the middle name. Joanne, Joanne. I knew it was bad. Amen. Deborah Ann. Oh, my gosh. My God. Mary Francine. You know what I'm saying? Michelle never got yelled at because she was so good. You know what I'm saying? But the bottom line is. So I was angry, and I, be, I was obedient, but I was not willing. You know, you can be obedient and not willing. And finally, I got my head together. I gave the house to them, and it really helped them as a blessing. All right? Interesting enough, right after that, they were going to sell the house where we were renting. And uh, God said, put in an offer. I won't go too long on this. I put an offer was one-third of what it was worth, two houses together. And, uh, and then I said, I'm not going to do it because the lady had just gotten saved. And I said, I don't want her to think I'm manipulating her. God said, show it to her. Again, I was disobedient. We're talking about being led by the Holy Ghost. And in his mercy, as God is my witness, I will never forget it. She said, I took off all the years that you rented and how you helped my mother who went to be the Lord. And here's the, it was the exact, I mean, down to the penny of what I was going to ask her. But I think it was, so we gave that house and we got, amen. All right, then the next thing that happened was, I'm just being honest with you here. The same lady gave us a building where Sheets is now at. Gave it to me personally. And uh, I'm just sharing with you. And there is a, a guy who's going to put in a Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, Pizza Hut and Taco Bell all together. And there is another, so we, it was a, the main place where Sheets is at. It was a nice hot building. It had an office downstairs, apartments upstairs. And uh, I had a check in my hand for $250,000. And God said, it's not yours. I'll never forget it. And actually, but you know what? Isn't it interesting? I didn't have that hard of a time with it because I gave it. To, and Kathy and I, we gave it to the pregnancy center. Which we got a lot more than two fifty dollars to give to the center when Sheets bought us out. But isn't it interesting? I had more of a problem with a little house for my dad than I did with doing that. You know what I'm saying? It's amazing what can get your goal. Amen? And I was glad. I mean, a lot of kids are living and not dead because we got that money. That's the whole reason we have four pregnancy centers right now. Really, it is. And that, you know, that's a God thing, right? But what I'm saying, it's amazing what you can get your goal. You know, led by the Holy Ghost. Man, I, I could give some examples that I was in, you know, John Eagle and God spoke. I know it's the Holy Ghost. Talk to these people. You pray for against abortion all the time. This is many years ago. Share with them. He gave me a word of knowledge. They were going to enter into sexual sin and abortion was going to result. And for some reason, I froze. Wow. And man, I let it go. Man, I just wept to this day. But I prayed. I hope, you know, but I had the, it's amazing. You, you know, God gave me another opportunity with somebody else. Same deal. I'm, I'm at where a bus stop was at in town. It used to be, I don't mean, Greyhound bus stop. And these two kids, college students, get off. God spoke to me. He said, These kids are going to end abortion. He even gave me the place, the apartment they're going to. 
And, and I said, you know what? And I shared it with him, and the girl was saved, and she just wept. And he, got, he, he was going to kill me, the guy. And, uh, but what I'm saying is, it's easier said than done sometimes, isn't it? But we need to make a decision Amen. to be led by the Holy Ghost. Because, you see, your loss is the way you enter into gain. Amen. I know this is a lot here. Amen. Glory to God. All right. Here's something to help us. Repent quick, forgive quick, and believe quick. How's that? Make a decision to repent quick. Don't make excuses. Don't wallow in self-pity or condemnation. Repent quick. Forgive quick when you've been hurt. And believe quick. But see, it's a decision. Amen. All right. I don't know if we can get any better on this. Than me. I'll give a quick one for somewhat humorous. I was eating too many peppermint patties. The big ones, right? And I, God, God spoke to me many times. Stop it. I even read something that says it adds like so many pounds to you per year. And I didn't need it. And, and you know, but here, and I was listening to a preacher on TV. He stopped in the middle of his sermon as God is my witness. Major TV evangelist. He said, I don't know why, but I just need to share this. For some reason, God, God just wants somebody who's working on a diet to know that if you eat too many temperament patties, it's going to affect you adversely. I thought, God. First thing I said, that is not fair. <laughs> Seriously. What are you going to do now? Come on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's a true story. I made a decision. I still had to eat the little ones sometimes. <laughs> Amen. They said the big ones, right? All right. But we go on judging people wrongly, misperceiving people. Man, just recently, I, 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 and I, I think it's a strength for me. I actually can perceive someone's heart. Don't misperceive them. I was with the minister of the gospel, and he was judgmental on some things, and it caused me to misperceive him. I'm having lunch with him, and the Lord says, man, it's a privilege for you to be with him. I said, okay, I get it. And then he said, uh, you've been judging him wrongly. I thought, man, I went in my car and I just wept. This has happened a few weeks ago. I thought, man, how can I miss it like that? I said, I, I just wept and I'm sorry. Amen. Somebody else, I mean, something like that happened again. See, see we, have to, we have to make sure, not legalistically, but to be aware of our humanness. Amen. All right. Man, the Apostle Paul misperceived Timothy, didn't he? They were on a mission trip, right? Him and Barnabas, John Mark. He ran away, man, in the battle when it looked like they were going to get hurt. And Barnabas says, man, this kid's a great kid. He's had a bad moment. Paul said, man, he's worth nothing. This is the same man that wrote, do not, no condemnation, right? He's worth nothing, man. And the dispute was so strong. His first church split. He split. Not a good deal. At the end of his ministry, Paul said, there's one person that's been with me. Just one. His name is John Mark. Willing to die for me. We got to be careful about misperceiving people. Amen. All right, number six. Uh, don't ever give the devil more than he's worth. And he's not worth much. Us against the devil, we're going to lose. Jesus in us against the devil, he will always lose. He is not somebody 
that we need to exalt in power. A friend of mine, Mark Geppert, he was filling in for a church and a lady gave up and gave him testimony for the devil. The devil did this, the devil did this, the devil did this. I saw the devil. And he just interrupted kindly and said, you know what? When you saw the devil, did he have a footprint over his face? And she said, no. He said, you didn't see the devil because Jesus walked all over him. If you ever saw him, he'd have a footprint a mile long. Amen? You got to make a decision when it looks like the devil is winning. Never, ever to say that he's greater than your God. Amen? Number seven. You need to hold to your confession. Especially in the context of sickness. It's hard, man, when you're hurting. But you need to make a decision that the word's greater than your situation. Church gave a great testimony about a great report. Now, I shared this before. If it's okay, I'll share it again. Years ago, man, I don't, I don't think I got a call. I, I just had something in my spirit, and I went down to her apartment. Somehow got in, and you're laying on the floor, man. She's got, man, it was a bad deal. It was a bad, bad deal. Looked like she was gone. I mean, it was bad. First thing she said, God had spoken to me, all is well. I said, all oh, doesn't look well. But I said, you know, but I said, I'll agree with you. We went to urgent care, and she said, God told me this. Glory to God. You need to make a decision. It's not easy, but in the context of grace, Christ in you. Amen. Number eight, you need to make a decision that you're going to share the gospel daily. You're going to ask for open doors. My wife always says this. If you knock on the door and they answer it, it's an open door. Sometimes you've got to open the door to get open doors. You, do, you and I need to make a decision to share the gospel Amen. daily. Amen. Our quiet time. You need to make a decision. God speaks this. I don't care if it's a half hour in the morning, an hour in the morning, two hours, whatever it is. You've got to make a decision to read the word. A decision like that last song, man, was so good, Michelle, to enter into the presence of God. See, to so many Christians, life just happens. You need to make life happen by the decisions you make. I, I tell you, I made a decision. I'm going to get in the Word no matter how I feel, how tired I am, because I need to. See, the more you're in warfare, the more you need to be filled and refilled. And man, that goes for everybody. I don't care if you're 10 years old, especially teenagers in the context of men that what you're dealing with. You need to have something in your mind that's stronger than what's coming against your mind. You can't come against what's coming against your mind if you don't have something in your mind to use it to come against with. But it's a decision. It's a decision. Gifts of the Spirit. Bible says, cover the gifts of the Spirit. I used to think, I'll just be open and whatever God wants to do, will do. And God began to sit with me. He said, seek the gifts. Not so you can be seen, but so God can help. I'll never forget, uh, I heard a testimony, a lady at four-stage cancer, brought her in a stretcher three nights in a row to a meeting, prayed, and it didn't seem like, well, good. Not a good deal. The third night, the person ministering, he saw a spirit. Now, all cancer is not caused by this, but it was a spirit. It looked like a little monkey hanging on her right breast where the cancer started. 
he, command, he saw the spirit commanded to leave, and immediately she began to get well. Now, she was down to like 70 pounds, and I think in the next month she gained like 30 pounds, was completely whole. Mom, a mother with two kids. So I heard that and said, God, that's not operating in my life. So I said, God, help me to enter in. I said, I want that. I want to, now I get it, it says the Spirit leads, but I want to be in a place where, and that's necessary. I have already entered into a place where the Holy Ghost could light upon me because it gives her outward, not inward. And I had experiences similar to that where a lady was completely free, very similar to that. Twice. Well, it didn't come by wishing, it came by making a decision. To take that scripture every day and say, God, I'm not any better than anybody else, but I'm not any worse than anybody else. I believe that my, my heart's good enough that you can do that. And that's when it started to come. I made a decision to get that. Mm. Someone said, well, the Holy Ghost will just do what he wants. Well, you think, I tell you, you see God, and that's when the Holy Ghost will do what he wants. Doing the works that Jesus did. John 14, 12. You need to make a decision that that verse is as true as John 3, 16. Why? Because people need you. People need you. It's Christ in you. It's not you. It's Christ in you. Because he went to the Father, the Bible says you can do the works. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. All right. We're going to keep on going. We're almost done. Don't say hallelujah after that. All right, amen. All right, amen. You need to say hallelujah at the right time. Amen. Make a decision to say hallelujah at the right time. All right, glory to God. Amen. Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's, joy is a decision. Yes. Yes. Mm. It's a decision. You can either look up or you can look down. Yes. I had the privilege to lead a guy who a t- led a tough life to Jesus. He's dying. Cancer. I said, sir, with all due respect, I gave the example. I said, the serpent, you know, in, in, in the book of Numbers. I said, when they looked up, they were healed. I said, you look down on Jesus all your life. I said, you can look up right now and get saved, or you can look down and you'll be in hell in a few days. And he said, I want to look up. He looked up and Jesus came into his life. I mean, in a second's time, he was changed. His wife and everybody around said, what happened to you? You know what he said? I looked up. I didn't get religion. I didn't fast for 40 days to get it. I just looked up. Joy is a decision. Amen. Perception's a decision. You know, church should be a good place, a happy place. You know, you know, Wednesday night, we had a good time at Bible study. I think eight of us. And it was just it was some fun. It was learned a lot. It was fun. There's all, you know, someone might disagree with you on somebody. You know, you could disagree, not be disagree. It's a lot of fun. It was good. You know what I'm saying? I went up to the camp with Bill and Lori. We had, uh, Kathy and I, we had, we had fun. It was good. We shared the word, but we had fun. I think uh, Jeff and Robin went out with Chris and Michelle and uh, somewhere. They, they had fun. Church should be a joyful place. Amen? Amen. Shouldn't be some legalistic deal. 
But it was good. I appreciate being with these guys. I have a hard time with people that put you in a box. And it's like, if you eat with the wrong fork, I don't even know why they have two forks anyways. You know what I'm saying? Seriously. Uh, you know what I'm saying? If you, it's like, oh, my God, you ate with the wrong fork. It's like, are you kidding me? You know what I feel like, though, with people like I start eating with my hands. You know what I'm saying? Seriously. If that offended you, let me offend you well. You know what I'm saying? I have a hard time with people. Seriously. That you just can't be yourself. Seriously? Oh, man. Two things get my goat most. People being unjustly treated. Well, three things. And, and then people looking down on others. And then you just can't be yourself. You know what I'm saying? Seriously. Lord Jesus. So, but you do joy. Amen. When I'm going through a hard time, well, your joy still can be full. Because Jesus is, Jesus is not going to fail you. He will recompense you. He will restore. And where there's been harm, he will bless. Amen. But it's a decision. Joy is a decision. It really is a decision. Friends. I hear this all the time, especially among young people. I don't have any Christian friends. Or somebody's in a certain age group. I, I, you know, I go to church and I'm like, can I tell you something? Make a decision to find them. They're there somewhere. They're there. Well, I, I tried this once. Really? Keep on trying until it works. Man, it got real quiet there. Lord Jesus. But you know what? It's a decision. Find the friends you need. They're there. Might not work the first couple of times, but it will through a decision. And, and one of the last ones is this, and, and I, I'll just share a few things to end. Don't say hallelujah. Amen. The last is this, you have a specific calling for something. We all have callings that are similar in sharing the gospel, but it's the ways God might lead you. Somebody might win souls through making good brownies. Glory to God. And seriously, bring them over to that unsaved person. They won't let nobody else in their house. You got those brownies. Come on in. Amen. Lord to God, you pray over those brownies. Amen. Amen. Get some chocolate chips that they're anointed. Put them in there. Glory to God. He takes a bite and gets saved. Who knows? Somebody else might preach on the street. Enter in your specific calling. Make a decision not to shy away from your calling. As long as you do it with humility and faith and love, it's a good thing. Okay? Amen. Here's another one I forgot. You make a decision. It goes with light. I just Lord reminded me of this. You know, church, it's a decision. There's, it's just like a family. You know, you go through some ups and downs. It's as simple as that. So I mean, I'm looking for the perfect church. But you know what? Don't go there. It won't be perfect long. Amen? <laughs> We're all imperfect. Amen? I had a guy, I'll never forget, wonderful family. He's good friends. He's going to a church that... One spiritual church, and he said he was driving in his church, and God gave him a vision, open vision, the, the name of our church on. He turned around, came to it. I said, "Wow, that's pretty amazing." He and his wife, and they had one daughter, and uh, and it was going really well. And then he came to, he stopped coming to church. I said, "You know, because I don't manipulate people." I said, "Well, what's up?" He said, "You know what? I love church." But man, I just felt there was more spiritual warfare in your church. Than, I said, yeah, that's true. That's true. But the, I, I said, I, I believe the fruits are worth it. You know what I'm saying? Amen. He said, well, I, I, I just too much for me. Well, I didn't put him, I didn't condemn him. But he said, is God going to be mad at me 
because he gave me that vision. I said, you know what? God loves you. But I said, you know what? Probably better <laughs> fulfill it, right? But I said that to say this. See, he didn't make a decision to follow through with the vision. There's always going to be ups and downs. There's always ups and downs. How many of you kids where this was ups and downs? Man, you have four kids. I tell you what, every time there was a down, I mean, you walked away, you wouldn't have any kids. <laughs> Man, would you? Seriously. You didn't say amen to that, Michelle, but amen. It's, it's, amen. But I, for real, make a decision to follow through. But the last one, you know, and here's, here's, the, last, well, here's the last one. Sometimes when you see something where there's need, I guess how we got into, we just had a lot of kids having, you know, uh, being hurt by different things, and we started with counseling center, this and that. I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't hear a voice saying start this center or start that center. I just said, God, there's a need and nobody's filling it. I might not be the best person. I might not be the most qualified person. But I feel it until you tell me that someone that better comes along. God honors that. See, there's a lot of Christians with lead poisoning. Man, I was at a warfare seminar. Wonderful pastor, wonderful worship leader. Man, these were guys were going to town, casting out devils. It was good. So I said, Pastor, he's a good friend. I said, I just need to make an announcement. I said, I got this kid, college student, and I, He's supposed to lose both of his legs. He's got cancer. I told his mom I'm going to get five, six people to come with me. I said, I can make an announcement. I said, I'm sure we're going to have a lot more people than five or six wanting to come. I said, well, uh, I'll make an announcement. This is spiritual warfare, right? I said, uh, announce it and then we'll but let the Holy Ghost tell us who's to go with me, five or six. I, I knew that. Parents. It's about half of our, 40 minutes away from the church. And other people stand back and pray. No one came. So I said, I said, why weren't you there, man? He said, well, I'm just not sure about this healing stuff. I said, I thought you were. He said, he never made a decision. So I wasn't led to come. And I told a couple of people, I knew that. I said, man, you got lead poisoning. You see someone on the street being accosted that's 90 years old, someone taking their purse, I don't need to be led. I just need to be strong and courageous. Yes, come on. That's right. It's not a matter of leading. God will bless my having been sold to the word to be strong, and he will bless me being courageous. Right. It's not about leading. It's about necessity. Yes. The world says it this way. My, this, uh, uh, how do they put it? Necessity is the mother of invention. I'm saying all this because Jesus is worthy. And so are you. Someone says, well, someone has offends me, some of it convicts me. I'm only sharing what God's telling me to share. But the bottom line is this. The biblical version of necessities, the mother of ventures is Matthew 5. Those who are poor in spirit will see God. Those who are hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. See, a lot of times it's not a matter of leading. It's a matter of positioning yourself and myself, because I'm speaking to me as well, believe me. 
Because there's times I talk about leading the Holy Ghost. I was at a homecoming parade. Just want to enjoy myself. I said, Lord, I told the Lord, leave me alone right now. I did. I'm tired. Leave me alone. Let me um, see some friends. And there were some people. I was, I was, there was a house right on the parade route in town. They were rowdy drinking. And God said, go share the gospel with them. I said, didn't you hear me? And I didn't do it at first. And he said, I've done so much for you. You can't share five minutes. I went up and did it. It was good. But see, he is worthy. He doesn't do anything to hurt us. He speaks to us just so he can minister to us. Again, to Mark 8, Jesus said, whoever saves his life. See, if I didn't share with those people, just like I did that giant eagle, cowardly, See, I saved myself. But see, I lost. But when I lose myself, put myself in jeopardy for the gospel, that's when I win. Amen? Amen. Amen. Jesus doesn't do anything to hurt you or me. He is worthy. He's worthy. We need to stand up, not stand down. But you know what? He considers you worthy. Again, those that, that are closest to him, he purchases why? Because he can trust you. He believes in you that you want to go higher. And that's why he shares your heart, his heart with us. Amen? Glory to Jesus. I sense God on it. I really do. And there's things God just ministering to me, not in condemnation. But say, you know what? I want you all now. And we're in worship. I think I worship pretty well. And God spoke to me. He said, man, let go and let God. I said, Lord, come on. I'm going pretty well. Got this little two-step. I know I can't dance, but I'm looking pretty good here. I got my hands lifted up. I got, you know, I've got my eyes on you. He said, just let it go. He said, how worthy am I? Now, you might worship God. I said, I don't care how you worship. It's from the heart. But God just said, worship me more. First, I was offended. And I said, you know what, Lord? Sometimes the cares of life come. Some things come you're dealing with. I said, you're right. I said, help me to worship you unabashedly. Amen? Amen. He didn't do that to hurt me, to condemn me. He just said, it's in your heart. Just worship me more. Those that are producing fruit, he purchased. Yeah. No purging there. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Stand with me if you would. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. I tell you, God does not want you hurt. It's amazing. When you save your life, thinking it's more safer in the boat, that's when you can get hurt because Jesus is not in the boat. God wants you to know. He comes to you. If there's something God is coming to you with, to forgive, to Forget whatever. Come on. Today's the day, not next year. Because between today and next year, when you finally make a decision, is when you can get hurt, man. Or you hurt somebody else by not being there when you should be there. Amen? Glory to God. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you. Lord, you don't play church, you're the head of the church. We are your body. 
Father, help us to understand when we lose, we win. And that's when we're free. God, help. I, I just sense Jesus. I just sense Jesus. Can you just confess with me? It's real simple. Just say, Father. Just say this with me. Say, Father. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your word that enables me to be free to love you, to love myself, to love others in the body of Christ and to love the world. Let love cause me to lose myself so I can gain you more fully. I just sense Jesus. Woo! I sense Jesus. Hallelujah! Woo! I sense Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to come out and pray, and then Lisa, I'm going to ask you to close us in prayer, okay? All right? Amen. Anybody needs prayer? After this has come up, amen? How do you sense Jesus off of this? I know it's a difficult message. He brought you all the way from Colorado just to hear this. I'm just kidding you. He, just, he walks with Jesus. Amen. In a good way, but he's purging us. Amen. Would you pray, and at least if you'll pray, and we'll, we'll close. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this time of fellowship. Let every bond be broken. Let every negative thought that tries to come in and dissuade what's been heard this morning be put down in the ground and buried. But let your love bring forth all the words that were spoken, all the truth, whether comfortable or uncomfortable, growing up from inside the seed that's planted, that will be watered, and that you will give the increase. You will give the increase through us, which strengthens and give the increase through others. All of us are one unit, one body, one fellowship. We are becoming of one mind, and that is important. And Father, it's through your word and always through your love and the goodness. And I just speak that this word be rooted and bonded, grounded in...